all right everyone welcome back to the show this is the concluding part of my episode with jolison in this special episode you're gonna hear a lot about um pregnancy losses like miscarriages and um just uh for lack of a better word journey so far so who's this episode for um for angel moms like us um many moms with babies in heaven is mother's day today and that could be quite a tough time this episode also contains um resources to help um, husbands and wives um that have you know experienced miscarriages on how to have that communication open communication and um generating like freedom i'm talking about you know the disappointments and the missed expectations so that way and as more you listen if you know anyone who has gone through this um feel free to share this episode with them what well, the hope is that they get encouraged as well and they know that they're not alone all right enjoy then and um happy mother's day to enjoy moms and all moms out there in one form shape or the other thank you hello everyone i am marcibel and this is the marcibel podcast We begin this episode just talking about the cascade of events that led to um, my struggle with, you know, um, getting pregnant and also even carrying the pregnancy to term. Some people have cysts, like... Yeah, I have cysts. I have cysts. <sighs> cysts and fluid and scar tissues because I had a laparotomy um, yeah. 10 years ago. And I just knew that my life was going to change. I knew it. The moment it happened, I just knew. Oh, wow. I knew that my journey was going to change. Because even before then, I've always had this special affinity for those that are, you know, that find it hard to conceive. When I meet up with them, I, and then I didn't even know I was going to get married. I just knew. I knew my path. That was going to be my path in a way if I ever had to get married. And so they took out the cyst in my ovaries. There were tumors, but they were not, um, they were not malignant. Thank God. They were benign. And um, they were like, get married in time. like, no, I'm not in a hurry. So I waited, you know. Looking back now, probably I should have got to marry, but I, I don't think I would have because knowing my state of you mind. You know what? You know one thing I tell people that say, if I had gotten married earlier, yeah, yeah. I tell people God has packages for everybody. That's true. That's true. So even that's if you true. marry early, maybe after one child, then you start to struggle. Exactly. That's or true. Or maybe from day one, you start to struggle. That's true. But that's true. Everybody's package is different. My God, and at different times we have to cross those hurdles. And so I did that surgery. It went well because it was at a very reputable hospital. I had no doubt that the surgeons did well because I walked to them mm-hmm. and I could see my notes. I could, I talked to the nurses that scrubbed that day. They gave me all the later. I knew everything that happened, even though I wasn't conscious because I could read everything and mm-hmm. I could access my files. And mm-hmm. my period came back because my period has always been regular. I've never had any problem with ovulation. And married myself and my husband were like, okay, we're going to wait two years. He said one year. I was like, no, two years because I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. And then end of the first year, I started having symptoms, and I knew I wasn't pregnant. And so I was in Maryland. We went on Christmas vacation, and uh, so I, I was so scared. I mean, new to the U.S., all the stupid insurance system and healthcare system. Yeah. And I went to see a, a gynecologist, and they went to do a parenthesis, like they okay. Fluid. And well, it was my cyst, the ovarian cyst, were back, and this time around, it was just leaking all over. Oh, and, yeah, so I had to go in and they did like a laparoscopy. The first time I did a laparotomy. So okay. basically they cut me open. Yeah. And um, so they cut me open. They had to, because, man, the pain that came with the ovaries, the, the symptoms of the ovaries, 
I have never in my life had that kind of pain. It was so bad that I checked myself into loose emergency hospital. And my mom, when she heard that, she started crying. She knew, she knew it was bad because I never fall sick, you know. Yeah. I have my, my blood dump type is AC, so I don't really get malaria. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm AC. You're AC. Are you AC? My husband says AC. I have Whoa. never met anybody. I didn't know you were right there. I have AC, girl. And for those that are wondering what these numbers, what these alphabets mean, it's a recessive sickling gene. This one that I'm sounding excited. You think we just won the lottery, but it's a, it's not a very common blood, you know. Um, yeah, type, you know? I have to read a lot. Yeah, that. yeah. Oh my, oh my gosh. Because it, it, every time I go do my blood test, they always flag me down that I have thalassemia. I'm like, I know. I have a blood, you know, my, my blood group is different. And I have to explain to them because they don't know these kind of things. If it's yeah. not SS or AS, and then they start looking at you, I'm like, I know, I know what I have. So, um, anyways, um, the surgery went well, like I said, and so I don't like, you know, it's fine right now. You guys should keep trying to get pregnant. And if it doesn't work, she gave us like three months or so. You need to see a reproductive endocrinologist, like, uh, like an RA, like that's one that specializes in, you know, um, difficult pregnancies and all that. So, um, 20, that was 2012. And we should did that, and well, of course we didn't get pregnant. And the thing about trying to get pregnant is that when you're trying, it's just difficult. Yep. Like, where are you? It's that type of thing. I was like, then you like, it's just it's so transactional. There's, I don't know, it's just difficult. And we tried anyway, kept trying, kept trying, but then it didn't happen. And so we made an appointment to go see an IRE doctor and um, did all the work up. And then I was 26. And I'm like, oh, you're so young, you're under 30. Um, everything looks good. We don't know exactly what's causing, but the theory is that um, because of the fluid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after the um, ovarian cystectomy, which I had, so what they had to do was because I had torsion, the tumor had caught around my ovaries, so they had to uncover the tumors out of my ovaries, and then they pulled oh. the ovaries. They said it was patent, it looked good, because they were they were thinking of taking it out, but they said no, it's less of it there. Yeah. But because it coming open, you know, it's never gonna be the same anymore. I've, I had a lot of additions and scar tissues, you know, yeah. that kind of built up yeah. around there. And then they, um, so the doctor was like, we don't, well, you look good. Your husband looks good as well. So it was unexplained fertility, but they just, this kind of thing, it was because of that. And they were like, we're going to, you have to do IVF. That was just the, you have to do IVF. Well, they've been throwing that on my face. $10,000. Are you crazy? crazy? Like, I can't afford that. I'm on a student, grad student stipend. <laughs> That's like my, almost like my yearly pitch. <laughs> so hmm, my, my parents helped out. Like they, they, they sent the money then. I mean, that was when times were really good for them. We began the process of IVF and came out. The, so there are two big faces. They will stimulate you and then yeah. they will do the implantation. Like the ovaries. Ovaries. They stimulate your ovaries, get your husband's sperm, mix it together in the Petri dish and it forms the embryos. And we had 17, girl. We had 17 oh, eggs. Yeah, because look for the package. I'm a fertile being. <laughs> 17. Mm-hmm, 17 for them. But no, they'll culture it and then some that won't last. Because that's yeah. Where they grow no, up. we need to go back to the days of our mothers. Where did they give us twelve children? Because those, those, you know what? Because they got married in time and they had kids in time. Yep. And so I go back and I think, like, really, if you're really serious about starting a family, if that's your mission in life, for me, having a family or getting married was never a primary goal for me. Yeah. So true. I focused more on my education, which I don't have any regrets over, you know, because that was my choice. 
So for those that want to start earning, if that's what you want to be, like, not as if you can't be a mom and a professional person, but one has to be a priority. You can't have yeah, it both ways at once. One comes before. What do you want to come before? And there's no saying you can't be a mom and then go back and get your professional degree. Oh, but the place I wish I was going, I wanted my career to go first before, because I wanted to be stable, you know, financially and all that. And that was my choice, you know. And so, 17 became 11. And I should let you know, guys, like, if you have never done IVF, you have no idea. Every morning, you have to wake up at a particular time, inject yes. some progesterone in your stomach. And it hurts like a bitch. Excuse my French. And the side effects. Ah, the medications you had to take, the time, the time medications you had to take. Like you're firing on all kinds of engines, emotionally, mentally, physically. And all of that number games you're playing because it's the odds. It's an odd of something that might happen to you, you know? And so I was overstimulated, got all the embryos out. 11 survived or they looked good. They discarded the remaining six. So we had potentially 11 babies, right? Mm-hmm. And because of my age, and that was after this whole October, wherever she is, by the way, God bless you, because you're in science forever. They had guidelines for age. So because I was under 20, I was under 30, they decided to transfer just one. And so, and because right after the stimulation was when they did the implantation. So it was back to back. Your body had no time to even relax and get. So that first IVF cycle the first cycle, the odds of success is about 30%, meaning 3 in 10 people actually get pregnant. Oh my God. So they did it the first time, and um, I didn't get pregnant. I remember. And when you when they implant you, you wait 10 days. Honey, that first 10 days is like the longest time in my life. To, and I'm not patient. Oh. I'm, not known for my, I'm not known for my patience. The Holy Spirit is still working on me because patience is indeed the fruit of the Spirit. So I am patient. I claim it in Jesus' name. But man, the days into that day, and you're not supposed to, like, the first day you're supposed to come home, maybe put your legs up, sleep, don't do anything. You're not even allowed to drive yourself home. You know, we follow oh. those things, followed all, yeah, you can't, you, you have to take some time off work or life, whatever you're doing, to rest, because oh you God. want to, yes. yeah, you can't even lift a spoon, you have to, like, stay on the bed, so that thing will stick to you like gum. You think it's just as you're going to pee, so you'll be like, am I allowed to pee? Like, yeah, you can pee. But you just, it's, you put it through the same hole, you know, because they'll pass it through your vagina and then yeah. they use a scope to like put it. And you see it on the, you know, um, screen and all that. I remember that day I was going home. I was going to school. I had a TA appointment from one of my start classes and they did not call me. They didn't even say, where are you? Or it's okay for us to tell you. Just broke the news. Oh, my, I just started crying in the bus. I just started crying in the bus. Like, it was kind of tears that my body was just vibrating. And people were there. Nobody said anything, which, you know, that was a totally different conversation. But my, I was almost like my world just crashed down. And that was even about the time that my husband was um, trying to, like, get interviews so he could get into residency. He didn't match. So it was, like, two things happening at once. Oh, um, no. And so we went back to the hospital. They were like, well, we don't know. The child gave it to statistics and all that. And so remember now we have 10, right? Yeah. So, and with the first cycle, because already the money, the bulk of the money goes towards the stimulation. Now, because yeah. you already have like these embryos, like eggs, you can yeah. always bring it out, store it, and then fry it or right. put it in the oven. Mm-hmm. But that can put you at like $3,000, $4,000. Yes, extra. Extra every time you do a transfer. Yes. And so we decided to do 2014. We decided to do two embryos time around. And I don't know why they were very conservative. Going back, I should have spoken. I should have maybe said they should do four. But I didn't know what my rights were. I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't even think that was supposed to be my life at that time. I was younger. 
I was, you know, dealing with grad school, which was stressful on its own, and, you know, even dealing with the difficulty of getting pregnant in your marriage, knowing you're the one, you know, stopping this dream of yours, because my husband, he's going to be a very good dad. I know that for sure. I will be the bad cop, because I'm not, you know, I know, and I've seen it. They will love him more than they will love me, and that's okay. I'll try my best. But, I mean, kids love him. He loves kids. He's, he's just, he's, he's a father already. And so when you just think about how you are the one, you feel like you're the one responsible for that dream not coming true. Um, so that really, really, I used to feel bad. And I, uh, of course, I took it out on him sometimes. And I, I'll say things like, just go marry somebody else or things like that. And he will look at me like, are you crazy or things like that? Mm. And so 2014, we did another one. And then I was pregnant. I was excited. It was twins. You know, I had the embryos. Yeah. Uh, I, man, girl. So six weeks, Mark. Because the embryo cycle we had was up until four weeks. No. So if you want to implant and get pregnant, you're automatically past, like, you're almost one month into the yeah. pregnancy. And so they can calculate your EDD. So yeah. it was going to be sometime in December. It was a perfect time. I was getting my master's. My mom, we bought my mom's ticket. She was going to come see us. I mean, things were looking good. And I was going to be done with the semester, take some rest. Mm-hmm. And then on a Saturday, I went for a Christian fellowship and I came back home. I went to use the restroom and I was spotting. Oh, no. So I paged the nurse. It was a Saturday, right? I paged the nurse. She called me back. I was like, so I'm spotting. What should I do? She was like, just rest and, you know, call us back if anything changes. Are you in pain? I'm like, no. Then you don't have to go to the ER because they're just going to, you know, make, make you stay. And that's when the contraction started. Girl, six oh, no. Huh? If all the... All the good wills and intentions in the world could make a baby stay. It was that because I just kept cleansing my vagina that book for where it was just going anywhere. Then I, then it was the bleeding was becoming more and more heavy. I remember I had sat down and I, I just got up and it was just red bath, every, like it was red everywhere. Uh. I couldn't hold it, so I had to go into the restroom and I sat down. And you know, when, when you're growing up in Nigeria and there's like on, on those corrugated roofs. And the rain is like pelting really hard, and you can hear the blood coming out. I didn't even know. I thought I was just gonna pass out and die afterwards. Because how is it possible for this amount of blood to like fill your toilet? I you know the toilet bowls here are quite deep. Yes. And after yes. a while, when the water gets to level, it kind of auto adjusts and the water like goes down. Yeah. And the blood was almost touching my butt when I sat down, and, and mm. that was it. And I felt the final push, and there was a blob that came out. You know, and. Oh. <laughs> oh gosh sorry it's okay and I just knew you know I knew that happened and I just stayed on my bed and <sighs> I started thinking about the days before the time you didn't go to bed early when you were supposed to go to bed what you thought you didn't eat well mm-hmm. and I might start playing games maybe the devil whatever that was, and the next day was a Sunday, and on Monday, I don't know how I did that weekend, you know, and so I went to see my doctor, did a scan, and it was a complete evacuation, meaning yeah, there was nothing left, so it, everything came out, and because I wasn't in the hospital when it happened, they couldn't, like, take the fetus or whatever it was <laughs> to, like, find out what exactly happened. Yeah. My doctor was very apologetic. He was like, he doesn't know what happened. They don't know what happened. And so that was 2014. Did it check the progesterone level? I did. It had dropped down. But I was using um, Crinone, which was um, 
because they will support you with um they will support you with quinone um progesterone gel you ingest in you insert it vaginally so it, it forms like a white mass to like support yeah i mean the levels were kind of good then but i don't know we we'll tried again in the other year save mm-hmm. some money luckily for me i got some fellowship all of my scholarship money I was just putting it towards, you know, my baby making 2015. Uh, and then, or oh, before then, I started that I had a couple of surgeries because this food just kept coming in. They didn't know what the foods were coming from. It would lodge in my abdomen. There was time for a whole year. I had too much pain. I had a frozen pelvis. Ah. And I would walk, like, it was painful to walk. Like, I would have, like, I have, like, ice packs. I have to wedge it between my stomach and my, and my thighs just to, like, reduce the pain, you know. Yeah. So imagine having that all day long, two, four, seven. And so um, they said I had nothing to do. I, I've done maybe like four or five laparoscopies since then. The last one I did, yeah, girl, the last one I did was done by an oncologist. And he was very specialized in, you know, taking out yeah. cells without having to, like, cause them to, like, spread and metastasize. So he did the surgery. He, you know, he cleaned everything out. And he said everything looks good. Um, they drained the free, they put like a film of anti-adhesive um, yeah, to, to prevent the additions. And, and there was a time that the freed was heavy sitting on my bowels that I had chronic um, constipation. My sphincter actually, my rectal sphincter popped out. <gasps> and, girl, so I had to go do like a hemorrhage. Girl, I have had maybe about seven surgeries between 20... 12 and 2017 and I never took time off maybe I only took one day off school like when I was in school I had to have a surgery done because I couldn't schedule for the holidays but yeah never took a day off still went to work and went to school I mean did all of it I never took time off from school yeah I've had and yeah and that's why that that's why I'm, it's encouraging in a bit. Seriously, it sounds bad because it was it was that bad, but it's encouraging to know that all of that and I'm still here, you know? Yeah. I don't try to dwell too much on it because that's the path God chose for me. And I've used it to encourage people. I'm like, pain? I know what pain is like. I know what chronic pain is like. And you know that you can't be on medications, right? Because... That would lead to another thing. So I had to yep. my supportive therapy and I had to just, you know, grunt through it. So I can I know what pain is like. I know what desperation is like. I know what losing hope and numbers and odds and all of that is like. So we yep. tried again in twenty fifteen and I didn't even get pregnant at all. And so I told myself I'm done. I'm not gonna um do it. it was something I had to do every year and every time I did all this IVF stuff, I was putting on a lot of weight, at least thirty pounds. The medications, the, the hormones they shoot you with, and and even the depression and the anxiety that came yeah. with it. Because yeah. you're not just mourning the loss of a pregnancy, you're mourning the loss of an odds that didn't go your way. Yep. And my husband, the way he is, and the way God made him, he saw that he wouldn't want to talk to me about it because he didn't want to make me sad. And when he didn't talk about it, I got angry with him. And when he talked about oh. it, I got angry with him because I thought he wasn't saying the right way. So poor guy, he didn't know whether to talk or not. So yeah. and yeah, and then that also affects your marriage because you feel like you messed up. I, I blamed myself, and I thought he blamed me as well. And when I eventually had the conversation, I was like, no, I don't blame you for that. Like, 
I'm a doctor. I know that first trimester is difficult for you know pregnancies that are naturally occurring. How much more for those that you know you had to have some assistance with? But I internalized all of that beforehand, thinking it was my fault. You know, I was stressing myself. I wasn't being diligent. I wasn't being careful. And I remember asking, were you stressing yourself? So you start thinking about, you know, maybe it was your fault, you know? Yeah. And then 2015, took a break, walked up myself, tried to lose some weight, and then tried again last year. I got pregnant last year. It was with twins as well, and then I had that miscarriage. And so now we... Did you get pregnant naturally? No, no. It was still IVF. It was still the, I'm still using my, I've been using my, um, my empires. Now we're, we're down to the very last two. And no way. Yeah. As it is right now, it's so bad internally because now they've diagnosed me with endometriosis stage four, which yeah. doesn't seem like what I have because I don't have, when they talk about the, when I, when, what I, from what I know about endometriosis, because they can only diagnose it surgically. They have to open you up to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have those pains. My period is regular, but they say sometimes it can be that way. They only go off what I see on there, but the fluid is bad. They can't even see my ovaries as it is right now, but it's there. They know it's there. And if you want to do a fresh cycle, they have to be able to see your ovaries. Yeah. And so the thing is the fluid that's rotating the pregnancy to make it not stay. Thing. So I might have to have another surgery to maybe this time around open surgery to get rid of everything and then try. So right now, I can't do anything. I have to still have surgery regardless, according to them. Or maybe go into surrogacy and have somebody, you know, help us carry the last two MRIs. So I don't know. Then I, it's more expensive here because whoever breasts the child has, because we had to look into that as well. And you're looking at maybe sixty to $80,000. I, I yeah, because you're not paying, you're not paying the woman. Whatever yeah. price does for you is the lawyer and the fees and all that. Yes, and yes. because you cannot pay them, you are not allowed to pay them. That's why they suggest using a friend. Yeah, and that's what you know. Said. Yeah, you say if you can do it in your country, do it. Yeah, but over here, you said the lawyer, the girl's lawyer, your own lawyer. No, the state rules. Yeah. Yes, yes. Like, and then maybe it's just all kind of crazy stuff. It is. It is. It's too much to ask for somebody. Like, I'm not saying borrow me your best jacket. I'm asking you, I can know, I borrow no. your oven to put my husband's, you know, spare my eggs in there? Yeah. Like, can I borrow your oven for a quick minute? But that minute is like nine months. This is what I would love to do. If anyone will, if I find someone that will help me do that surrogacy, I would like for them to live with us, so we can yes. take care of them. And so it's yes. like, but how? Most of them always eventually live with the family. Yeah, because I don't even, even as a friend. Like, how do you ever repay? You know, you can never. Like it's, it's, it's so. It's and I've, I've got, if that happened, because I'm not, I'm not opposed to surrogacy. I feel like whatever goes will be done. Let it be done. I'm not gonna say I want to have my way. No, I have fought with some things. I wasn't comfortable with IVF in the first place, but I mean, we we felt peace to do it. We did it. But with surrogacy, I mean, it's best to go with somebody that you know. But then, how do you repay them back? How do you pay that sense of in depth, in, in depth to you or whatever in de- Whatever the word is that you feel towards this person, yeah, you know, because you're never gonna be able to pay it back. So that's you know one of the things that I struggle with. And um, I just want to experience just the caring. You know, and how long was just how long was was your pregnancy? If you can share, talk about it's okay if you can. Yeah, I, I may cry just heads up. I was crying too. You saw me cry, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so my first baby, um, 
he was um I think fourteen. They told me fourteen weeks according to Aww. according to ultrasound for when I got the I just got all the paperwork because the fertility doctor needed it. It was actually sixteen weeks. I'm so sorry. We passed the first trimester. Yeah. But the thing is my husband is very tall, so he's a whole foot taller than me. So um he's six three, so the baby was taking his height. Wow. So at that age it was even twice longer than a regular baby. Wow, so it came out like you could see it from I'll send you pictures. How did it happen? So as the baby was growing, the fibroids were growing. <laughs> so it was and you know I told you I had uh the pain was so much so yeah. This pain in fact one hour pain is different from this pain right now. So everything was going on. So on the morning of I'd even gone to Parkland the night before, maybe like an hour or two. I had to go back to the ER in my area. <laughs> like, I was back. And they checked. The doctor checked. He says, I'm not dilating. Uh, like, everything still looks normal. They checked the baby. It was then I even found that I was male. Because they thought uh... But then they let me go around 5 a.m. for as soon as I. Then my body came down. As soon as I got home, maybe 30 minutes later, I didn't know I was in labor. So I thought it was still the fiber pain until we went to get um, new beddings and mattress. So I went to the bathroom to pee and I came out. As soon as I sat down, I just said, I pee finished. I just peed in the bathroom. So the first one didn't register, but the second one, boom, 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 boom. Uh, I know what. I just started screaming. I just started. I said, "I'm losing my baby. My baby's going away." I lost it. My my husband was he, he was was shaking. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So the baby came and I gave birth to him. So ah, my baby. Have a name for him? Yeah, JD Dyer. Oh, lost, be- lost beloved, right? So, the day before, I found out it was a male. Next day, died. And so, they asked me what name. I said, J.D. Dyer. My husband says, I Obama. Okay, J.D. Dyer. I Obama. Oh, wow. But how have you been? How have you been coping? Ah, Salani. It's only God, though. How do you do? You know some, do you feel like sometimes you go crazy in your head? Yeah. Like you lose your sanity for just maybe a day or two sometimes, and you're like a shell of yourself. Like you're just like you're in the marketplace. You don't know where you belong. You're just roaming around, trying to find the face of somebody you you know but you don't know in the crowd. Yep. I I feel at that time I was very angry. Yourself with everybody, or what, who would you angry at? As angry at myself. Why? My husband. I, I, I was just angry. Yeah. I was angry at God. Uh-huh. God, you have hinted me, at least prepared me. <sighs> just. Yeah, those kind of questions, like, 
I'm sure God, I mean, I'm sure God welcomes them. Like the anger, the, the, you know, throw your fist at God. Like, why? Like, you know, distress we had to go through to get this pregnancy. You know, just how I would feel after. Why would you allow something like that happen? And I still don't have the answers to those questions. The remote yeah. answer I have is that I'm free now to talk about it with, you know, people like you. Mm-hmm. And with the hope that it might encourage somebody in their own journey. That's about the only good that I've seen in it. And maybe that's yep. going to be the only good. And if that's what God wanted it for, I hope I have done my part. I I, I, I'm not, I'm not okay on some days. I'm not fine on some days. Um, yeah. It's Mother's Day coming up on Sunday. And I dread going to church on Mother's Day because it's when they sometimes tell you to get up. And you're like, am I supposed to get up? Oh, you're supposed to. Am I supposed to sit down? If I sit down, I know I'm supposed to get up. If I get up, I'm not supposed to sit down. Like, what have I to show for this? Like, and I'm not saying that churches have to acknowledge, but there needs to be a space for people like us and even people that have lost their moms. You yeah. Know, there needs to be a space. There needs to be a recognition. And sometimes they do one, but not the other. But we're saying they can't do all of them because mothers, you're a mom. So when you're telling me I'm not a mom, you're a mom. You're an angel mom. That's the word for us. Uh, then, then, fast forward, last year, series of diagnoses or these two left side completely blocked, right side more than half blocked. I was like, activate share and kind of want to share what you got. I know, but if you are just going out there, you know, you know, okay, God, God is, I'm, I'm trying to pay for my sins. Like, yes. get yourself to marriage. You didn't mess around, you know. I didn't afford, I didn't catch disease. At least, to the best of my knowledge, I can't know what I did and what I didn't do. <laughs> you cannot do that. You cannot go back it. Even people that have those kind of things, they, got, I mean, if they've repented of their sin, God has a way of just redeeming. But you're like, what yeah. have I done, God? Like, yeah. Did so I ask somebody? Was I not happy for somebody doing? I don't know. You start, did did I me? And my husband, completely fine. No problem, ejaculation correct, pump count correct. Everything. They call my husband's sperm super. Like, he's that good. <laughs> They're like, wow, amazing. Like, the, you know, they would do it per cell, cell per whatever millimeter. Yeah. Cube. Like, it was, he's fine. <laughs> like, he's ready to impregnate anybody right now. <laughs> Sorry, that was wrong. But you get what I mean. I get what you mean. I know I'm the one with the problem. I know. And, yeah. and I feel so guilty about it. I feel so insecure yep. about it. And I feel, and I haven't talked up to him about the extent of how I feel, just how I'm a disappointment. And I know he wouldn't want me saying that out because he doesn't see me that way, but I cannot excuse myself. And I feel like I failed, I failed him, I failed myself. I don't know why. Because if goodwill, if, if, if works, if actions, if things that I have done to at least things I put my body through to get pregnant, if all those things could make you keep that pregnancy, I probably be rolling because I also think about like a child should have been born in December, you know, of 2014. Mm-hmm. It's almost going to be five now. I think about their personalities. One is going to be like me, crazy. The other one's going to be like my husband, calm-headed. Um, yeah, I just think about what could have been. You know, because I had a friend that was pregnant then, and I'm coincidentally the godson of a child. And I look at this child. He came to see me some other time, and the boy was speaking big grammar. I looked at him like, "Motobela, If I slap your face like in a very joking way, and you see, you see your friend's kids growing up, and you realize that wow, 
Like I, I wanna I wanna ask you a question about sure. that since we are on the frame. Do you feel so like a part of you feel resentment because oh. because you know you're supposed to have a baby at the same time with them but they have theirs and you don't have yours. You love them, you love the child, but you just wish yours was here. Cause sometimes I feel that way mm -hmm. and and Sometimes I, I feel, then when I feel that way, then I feel like this, oh, I've committed the sin. So that's where I would like to stop you. I, I, would like, I would like for you to finish talking, but I know where you're going. Yeah. Because I feel that way. But here's the thing. There's nothing sinful about it. So I have a friend. She pops babies out like rabbits. And I tried to be there for her, God knows. So her last pregnancy, I had gone to see her at the hospital and, you know, she's someone that she's very sensitive to me as well. And she knows, and I, I try to let her know what my limits are. So, you know, she told me, you want to hold the baby? I'm like, am I? She's like, yeah, sure. And, and of course, you know, we talked. She was very vivid about, because she had a vaginal birth. And I told her why well, I haven't experienced that before. And, you know, and um, as we were talking, some people came in that had kids, they actually brought their kids to come see her. Mm -hmm. And they were trading stories, like war stories. And I realized that at the, I, for the first time in my life, I couldn't contribute to the matter. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm well read. I know a lot of stuff about a lot of topics. But when it comes to like pregnancy and childbirth, that's my insecurity. I feel like I have to keep quiet and listen, not just listen, but have to sometimes endure it. So I had to, after a while, you know, like, oh, I have to leave now. Cause, and I didn't make it like, you know, like all of a sudden I had to leave. I stayed there for a while. So I let her know. I'm not, I won't be able to be there for you. I, you know, I love to plan parties for my friends that I like. As long as I can relinquish control to me, I will throw you an amazing party. But I cannot do baby shower. I'm sorry. I can't do your baby showers. I, I can attend your baby showers. I can do that. I can, um, I'll get your kids books. Cause that's what I do for babies. I buy them books. I don't do diapers and things like that. <laughs> um, but I cannot plan your baby shower. It's, I cannot plan, I cannot do it. I can't be the person chat with baby shower. So I let her know I might not be able to come around you when your kid is still a baby because it's still fresh for me. I'm okay when, they, when the kids grow up and they can talk and things like that. But when they're like that brooding period of bonding, yeah. I'm not going to be there. For, and I let her know that. And she says she's okay. Yeah, I do feel that. No, I won't call it resentment, but I feel like that. And it's okay. It's not sinful. It's not. Okay. It's not sinful because, no, the reason you do that is because there's an expectation you had and it just was never meant. So I had to tell myself it was okay to feel that way. Because it's not like you're not happy for them. It's not like you wish them, you know. Um, oh, yeah. but, no, no, you're holding, the same way you're holding that thought of what you call resentment, you're holding that same thought of congratulations to this person. I try for friends that you know they've gone through a lot of struggle as well. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to feel that way. And I've, I've, I've come to the point where I had to tell myself, it's okay to feel that way because how else am I supposed to do it? Am I supposed to just keep my emotions bottled in? Mm -hmm. And so I tell my friends, these are my limits. I can't do things. I can't. I might not be there for you when you just had a baby. I would call you and check in on you, but I, I can't be always there around. Like it can't be like that. And I hope you understand why. It's still a real moment for me. Once your kid turns like two, three years old, and they can talk, my, they can talk about me. They can say my name. I'm fine around kids. But that's okay. It's okay. You just have to know what limitations are. And nobody tells you it's ever okay to feel that way. But I'm saying it's okay. To feel that way, and it's okay. Some if you have some friends that can listen to you, it's okay to let them know what your limitations are. Okay. Yeah. I, no. I, I've never discussed my limitations with any of no, them. No, I've been very straightforward. I've been, and my friend understood. 
because you you don't want to you know and i feel like we take on that burden of trying to make them comfortable yeah and then you come home and you're like boiling your eyes out so mm-hmm. i sent a voice note to my friend three weeks ago like five of my friends and i have wonderful friends you know this texted me one one was getting pre- one was pregnant already she's been trying for the second child and i'm so happy for her god knows she texted me that she finally got pregnant she, they, they cried to me like mom and i tried to encourage them and they'll go off do whatever i say or whatever they have to do and they get pregnant and i'm I'm still here like you know i've never graduated from that class and i'm like god i want to take my own advice like help me you know <laughs> and one was one just had twins one was pregnant another one was pregnant and i just had a baby on a Saturday, like within the span of Saturday and Sunday, I heard all this news. Uh, and I sent a voice to my friend. I was like, okay, this is how I'm feeling right now. I'm at this stage in my life where I have friends that are open to me about this kind of things. And I'm thankful that they, they still count me worthy enough to share this kind yeah. of news. So um, as soon as they get pregnant, they want to tell me. I mean, I don't know why. And I'm, I'm, I feel honored that they can tell me and they mm-hmm. can share that with me. I'm not saying I have, I love that they can do that. Yeah. At the same time, I have to process my own emotions about it. Like, when is it going to be out, right? You know? And I told her, this is how I'm feeling. And my friend, she's, she hasn't, she's been trying to get, you know, um, her, she's been, she wants to get married. So we have, we connect on that level of she wanting to get married and me wanting to have kids. And mm-hmm. I'll talk about, so today I feel like, a, I told her, today I feel like a loser. You know, I feel like everybody's around me is getting pregnant and I'm, I'm still not pregnant, you know? Or I haven't had a baby yet. And, I just put it out there and, and, you know, she could hear me sobbing in the background and she, she called me and then we just talked and we laughed and, and that was it. And that moment went away and I still check on my friends, you know, I, I still spoke to one yesterday. She was talking to me about the symptoms she was having and thing, and I tried to encourage her and then that's it. Some days are good, some days are bad and it's okay. okay. It's okay not to be able to give your best to your friend okay. and don't let anybody make you do things you don't want to do. Okay. And don't try to put yourself in a, in a, I'm going to prove to myself that I'm baby friendly. No. <laughs> no. No. Don't, don't, don't do things you wouldn't like to do to yourself just because you want to prove a point. Yeah. That's... So that's what I've had to learn. I've had to draw that boundaries and understand that I'm hurting. You know, yeah. as long as my friends keep having kids, which, you know, I pray that whoever is, you know, wants to have kids, whoever is like, you know, trying to have kids, they, they should, they shouldn't go through what I've gone through. Amen. But at the same time, amen, because it's, uh, we have different journeys in life. But at the same time, I have to work on myself. Yeah. Because some things can trigger me and they yeah. do trigger me. Yeah. But it's okay. I can handle it. And I hope they understand that if I'm not the chatty, chatty stuff around them, it's because I'm working on myself. You have yeah. to understand I have been through a lot trying to get pregnant and trying to stay pregnant. Stay so pregnant. there's no way that this news will not trigger me. Yeah. But it's okay. I still want to hear them. Yeah. So yeah, as, so, that's my response to you. Yeah, thank you. Because sometimes, you know, when I, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in November, okay, I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant October last really? year. Really? Last yeah. year? Me too, I was pregnant yeah. in October. Yeah. It was October. Oh. <laughs> so November was when I went for my first ultrasound. Yeah. Oh, because oh. I've done so many tests and everywhere, you know, they do a transplant to check. Everywhere was always silent. So when they were doing it, uh, my mind didn't click that something was wrong when she was doing the ultrasound. That's like at seven weeks. It was when the doctor came and he said, 
um, there's bad news. That's when my brain woke up. I'm like, I didn't get heartbeat at seven weeks. So it dawned on you. I just started crying. It, my brain literally woke up. And the, the annoying thing is, at the two pregnancies, after the first pregnancy, they had to do a surgery to take out the fiber. This one, okay, you have died. Come out. You refuse to come out. They put what? medicine to push the baby out. This baby did not come out. Oh. So I had to do a DNC. Oh my gosh. How was it for you? Ah, see, it's what so it's it's this it's very stupid experience for you to know that you're carrying a dead child around, something oh. dead inside of you. And it's been dead like two weeks before you even knew that it was dead. And you still have to carry it around for another one week. And the medicine. Oh my god! I'm so sorry to hear. I'm so so sorry. I mean, did they, did they tell you what happened? What could have happened? Okay, you don't know. Did they take a, a sample of the you know babies? Of the baby, I don't. I of don't, the fetus and and check. I don't think doctor. Yeah, you you've been you've been able to get pregnant naturally, right? And so the story. So I skipped that part to jump to the second pregnancy. So after the first surgery. I, I told my husband, I'm not trying anything. But the first one, we didn't plan it. We just came. Okay, now, that's good. Yeah, I'm not trying. So 2016, 2017, 2018. So last year, okay, he had me do a test called HSG. I know they, they kind of like put a dye, contrast dye to see. Yeah, um, to see. So that's when they discovered based on what they saw, the left ovary completely blocked. So they, they when they when I did the HSG test, by the way, that test is so painful. Painful. Oh, you can't use any money. Yeah. Especially when they're injecting the dye, they do not give you a perfume beforehand. I read I can actually take drugs beforehand because it's it's like period pain. Ah, this one was I don't even understand even after the whole procedure. So based on the re- the results, the uh, left side completely blocked. The right side, more than fifty percent blocked, <laughs> and they are scars. Wow! So I've never had STD because I always do, you know, the test check for yeah, IV check for the just yeah. Since I'm in healthcare, just check for everything, Shad. Yeah. But I I went back and I always keep my results. I don't care. I keep it. I monitor the previous. Yeah. So I checked all my previous labs just to make sure. Ah, did I have any STI that I didn't know? Or um, I wasn't. I wasn't treated. Yeah, because you yeah, never know. So, you never know. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, no, that's not the case. Okay, my husband is clean. I'm clean. Uh, the only thing that was error was the surgery that I have yeah. never that I did. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh no. See, these kind of things nobody tells you. Nobody tells you. And the doctor said there might be scar tissue, but he said it's going to put a thin film to prevent the scar tissue. Yeah, but that doesn't... Because it gets resorbed, like a resorption process into your system and you pee it out. I don't think it worked for me, though. It it didn't work for me, obviously, because, see... So, the doctor did extensive tests and... To check the number of ovaries I have left, to check the quality of ovary, 
do you do, do, you do the M- AMH, like your egg reserve? I think that's what it's called. Yeah. What remember. was the result? Did they say it was good? Ah, it wasn't good though, my sister. <laughs> my is by four. <laughs> but you know, that's normal. Well, that's one of the reasons why it's difficult because the older you get as well, you know, I, I think like past 8.35, they say the thing just takes like a nose deep dive. Ah, well, I'm, I'm, I just turned 35 this much. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday to you. And congratulations on the gift I just gave me. <laughs> Why should it be time at 34? I heard that the thing goes like this, and then at 35, just goes pew, like a slope. It was then they checked, they now say, oh, they found new fibroids <laughs> completely in new location from the previous location, and hey, they are God. five in number. Hey. What? But you just took some out. I took about six or seven out. And they say this one is in new location. It's not even regrowing. Sorry, I'm sorry. This is funny. It's like when you move out of a house and you clean the house and then you, you hear that some people have come to occupy it. I know. You know that Bible message of, you know, we have that one demon left and then seven more came back. Ah, really? What did I want you? Oh my gosh. How do you not go crazy, sis? Ah, uh, and I don't know the way God made some people. The way God wired my husband completely different from me. Even me, he said, "Why, why, why are they calm about these kind of things?" Sometimes I be like, "Is this person human?" So I sometimes I just touching that. Is there blood in you? <laughs> like I say, should I come and be crying? What will you saw? It's like at least. <laughs> so I got that result, and then the HSG, and then that money, um, uh, and anything. What is the anything? Yeah, that's the anti anti malarian hormone reserve. Yeah, anything less than one is trouble. And they do it by age range, so based yeah. on the age range. The age, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember mine, but the doctor, I can remember his statement. What is it? <laughs> he said, he said, he said, he's not even just, he, he's not like this. This is Gotalo. <laughs> I can't remember the exact word. You know that there's law, and there's law of the law. <laughs> the scum of the earth. <laughs> like we're scraping, like we're scraping the barrel. <laughs> What have you thought about? What are your what 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 would you like to do next? He just brought the I I, I was not looking at him and he now be calling all these money. And insurance, insurance, taxes, because I used to live in Texas. Like most of these conservative states, they don't cover those kind of things because they say it's a luxury. And that's why sometimes the argument on the other side of the conversation that I don't care about women's health. I agree to, to a degree. Yes, I why would you say child, child rearing is a luxury? Or oh, it's optional. Get- it's almost like you're going to have Botox. Like who would say, honey, you know, I know we can get pregnant naturally, but fancy. An IVF procedure. Let's just, you know, oh, who loves IVF? Let's just do. Let's put ourselves through as much adventure. Just how much fun we're gonna have just during this process. And like who in their normal minds will wanna proceed and opt for 
an IVF procedure I when it can have it naturally. It does not make any sense. When I used to live and work in Massachusetts, it was covered 100%. Those blue states, they cover it. And that's why people say Republicans or conservatives don't care about women's health. This is what they talk about sometimes. Now, let's put the whole abortion argument you know, ah, aside. I'm going to say my husband, we are located to Massachusetts. Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, those blue, those blue states, they cover them. Now, you might pay for it in one another way. I feel like yes. they need to include it as an option. Even if I, I don't mind paying a high deductible, I don't mind paying something about like, 100% coverage on my own. It's expensive. Yeah, people it's have to expensive. take out a second mortgage on their houses. Some people have to cash out on their, you know, 401k. Some people yep. have to take out loans. And they are not they don't even do like payment plans. You yeah. can do payment plans to buy a car, but not necessarily to get pregnant. No, they, they have they, to pay at once. Yep, yep. They, they told me, this like, no, nope, you have to pay at least the chunk of it. You have to pay at once. Then the one that you have to, like, after they fertilize the egg, that if... Genetics. That is like $10,000. I said, if the genetics still If the baby comes out one hand, it's fine. I will love it like that. Ah, it's not even the genetics. <laughs> What's that one again? Which one is that one? <laughs> What's this? Prayer works. When God wants to work, he will work. It's just that. There are some of us we have to pass through fire <laughs> for God's glory to be revealed. Sometimes I just feel God is partial. Yeah. I just feel that why must I go through this for your glory yeah. to be revealed? It, it has to be. It has to be because why? I feel like this happens for a reason. That's the only way I can make sense of it. Now people might say, oh, you're being religious. Fine, why well, isn't it as a crutch? But it's the only way I can explain the madness that circulates around my head. There has to be a reason for it. I don't know what the purpose is. Mm-hmm. But even in all of those tri- um, trials and tribulations, there's so much grace, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's so much peace sometimes, most of the time in the storm. Because mm-hmm. you know that above it all, there's this sovereignty of God. God yeah. is always God. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the only thing. Because I look back in other areas of my life where I thought I hit a, a hit a stumbling block, but there was no other solution, and God made a way. Yeah, I remind you of that Travis Green song, "God Made a Way." Mm-hmm. So if He can do even some things we don't even know as human beings, that the battles He fights for us when we don't even know, we're not conscious of it. Yeah, how? Why would He want to take withhold something this good for us? Because here's a, one thing I always say scientifically, which is how my brain runs. It doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. and it's enough for me to say I give up and I do give up sometimes but I still have desire and I've told yeah. God if you're not going to give me kids take away the desire I'm fine mm-hmm. you know I can I can parent by proxy mm-hmm. we, myself and my husband and I we, we've adopted some kids you know through missionary and works mm-hmm. and we pay for their tuition and all that every month so I have kids that are dependent on me in a way I don't just don't live with me yeah. I, I've been able to fulfill like a, a role in my life. And then through my friends, you know, once in a while, if I reach out to them, I can talk to their kids and they know me as a cool aunt and all that. I get some of my fulfillment from that. Mm-hmm. But I still have that aching in me to yeah. be mom. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. I have begged God, take it away from me. I don't want to feel this crappy. I'm someone that if I decide not to think about something or do something, I can't, like for example, if I love somebody and, you know, I find that I betrayed my trust, I can shift my mind from you. Mm-hmm. Like you become dead to me. Like I can't you do that. Quick, easy. quick. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not going to be easy to get it. Like yeah, if I make that decision, I'm not going back. That's yeah. me. But yeah. you have to. You have to have gotten that to that. Almost like Jesus and you know Lucifer. I'm God and Lucifer. You know, Lucifer was one of the beloved angels, and then 
God just, you know, demoted him. I can be that way with people. Mm-hmm. And I've only had to do that twice in my life for people like consciously say, you're dead to me. Like I've drawn these boundaries and never coming in. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I can be that resolute about things. But with child, like even with all the things we've gone through, the money that we spent, I won't call it money wasted because I always tell my husband, if they said your child is somewhere in the world and they want you to pay this amount of money, won't you sell everything you have and go and rescue that child? Ah, it's true. So all the money we spent on that they kidnapped. Exactly. Won't they sell everything? Ah. You know. So I always tell him, it's money we've invested. You know, in this stop and wait, you know, um, business of trying to get pregnant, and the toll is had on my body, on my health, on my mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, God take it away, take all the desire away, because it's the desire that's making me do all of these things, and it's not working. What What is it? What do you want from me? Like, what else do you want from me? I always tell God that. And it still hasn't taken it away. And I have such a bipolar over it. Today, I'm like, oh, I want to have kids. Tomorrow, I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no. Or maybe uterus, bipolar uterus. Like, no. So I don't know. I, I don't know where I am, but I do know that God God has to have a reason for this happening. I don't have the answers to that. And, and it's the only way I can encourage myself in the Lord. Because it's not easy. I'll tell you that. It's not it's easy. Not, uh, I don't no, know. But... Sometimes you just... <laughs> Wake up in the middle of the night and you just start crying. Oh, girl, nights during the day. Like, the, I can cry easily now. Hey, I can cry for Africa. Girl, yes. Sometimes, sometimes I'll be at work. And just, maybe a song or a commercial or a puppy. I will just see one. And it's not my time of the month. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll just start crying. You know when you, when you get to a point where you know that it's not you trying to force things to happen. That's that when you buy push and pull. Because... Mm-hmm. I tell people I'm a rational person. Mm-hmm. If an experiment isn't working, we pack up the shop and we go home. We say we failed at it, mm-hmm. and everything we've tried to do feels like a failed experiment. I mm-hmm. shouldn't keep trying to put time and energy into it. I'm not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good stat- like statistically. The odds aren't in my favor. Yeah, there has to be a reason for why I keep pursuing, and it's not because I know that there are no other options out there. Oh yeah. It's not because I know that you can't be a mom in any other way. I'm still willing to pursue that option, but I'm not going to take a move until I know God is leading us in that direction. Yes. Because one thing I would never do is act in desperation. Yeah. Yeah. And and one thing is when, and I've noticed that about myself, when I'm pursuing something and doing, yeah, I must get some more things. Yeah, yeah. When I'm facing something block, the moment I'm like, I'm tired, I'm done. Yeah. That's when. I've noticed that with me personally. Yep. But anyways, um, I know it's Mother's Day on Monday. Sorry, on this coming Sunday. And, Sunday. And I want you to also know that you're a mom. So it's okay to get up if you want to get up on, if you're going to church on Sunday. And um, it's okay because you're a mom. You know, the moment you, the moment you had a desire to become a mother, mm-hmm. you became a mom. And the the babies you have in heaven right now, they call us angel moms. Yeah, mom. It's an it's an it's a irrefutable fact, and it's, it's not something that you can change. You know that we don't have the physical manifestation as far as holding babies. It still doesn't preclude you from calling yourself a mom. So rejoice in that. Rejoice in that. You daughter of Israel. You're a mother, mm-hmm. and I hope this encourages you know anyone else listening to that because Mother's Day can be quite tough. Oh yeah. And, and the the posts, the pictures, and the Facebook posts, the WhatsApp messages. 
And I have people that even send me messages like, happy, I have friends that reach out to me and say, happy Mother's Day. And I do like listening to that and all that. So just wanted to encourage you that, sis. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Did you have any final words before? Yeah. Um, my final word would be that anyone that, okay, we talked about period. Oh, everything, every, everything, everything out there. <laughs> Things are going and things are coming out. <laughs> I love you guys so much. You have no idea. Things I do for you people. <laughs> I put all of my all of my secrets out there. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, yeah, so for periods, um, you may not have support system from family, from mm-hmm. other aunties. They may be shy to talk about it, but get um helpful resources now in this new age i know on the internet internet we didn't have internet back home yeah then we back then sorry yeah just just get resources and information by yourself if nobody gives that to you uh-huh. you know this google is your friend it doesn't judge you if you yeah, go know, right? mode, it, won't, it won't even keep your secrets you can always delete your history yeah yeah and then for um, married couples of women that's out there, even though we are very expressive with our own emotions, it doesn't mean our spouses are not hurting. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. They hurt, but they, they just want to stay strong for us and not look weak. Even though sometimes we appreciate it, if they can at least cry with us <laughs> I know. speaking of it before you go i have a friend and i'm gonna tell her to listen to this she just had a miscarriage and one of the things i'd asked her was hey how was it like with you and your you know husband and they haven't talked about it so i told her why don't I just open the conversation and say hey babe um what were expectations and how do you feel that they were not met mm-hmm. because like you said they don't talk to us about some things because they don't want to they don't want to hurt us but we want them to talk about it Yep. Uh, but we're so neurotic and crazy that we want them to talk about it in a certain way, but they don't know how. Uh, yeah. So what kind of yeah. tips do you have for that, my friend? So I can tell her to listen to that. I'm going to, you know, point her towards so she can hear. Uh, for me, it was, I started with my husband, I don't think you love me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to put that drama. That was act once in one. Yep. Nigerian woman can be dramatic. We need that drama. Like, what do you mean? And at that time, the first time, you know, I blamed him as like, oh, you were not loving, you were not this, you were not that. And coming from a man that has never had a girl in his inner circle, like face to face, in the same yeah. room, on his bed, like before me, he only had one girlfriend back in college and they didn't last long. So everything about him was just guy. So he has two sisters, but it's just a low red job trying to find his own life. So I'm like in his personal space and that's new. So you have to understand from the perspective of your spouse, what has he always been like? So understand his perspective, understand his background, because you were loved in a certain type of way. You may not have that kind of love. I had a bond with my dad. So every dude that I've ever dated even my husband i always checked in with my dad is it this is it what that? a what a what a what a standard sometimes that is hard to make very hard 
have to meet. I have to learn that the hard way that every person is uniquely made for themselves by God, and our experiences are completely different. Our upbringing. Yeah, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I don't know what that book says. Yeah, but you have to talk about it, talk about your pain. You may not respond to the pain, or you may not pet you while you're crying and nagging, but that takes the internal pressure you're going out. Yeah. So I would like you to still talk about Cry together, yeah. If it's a crier, way to go. If it's not like mine, good luck to you for forcing those tears out. <laughs> mine doesn't cry. Yeah, mine doesn't cry too. So sorry. If you wait for 10 years, you wait for All the best. That thing is dry. That well is drier. Yeah, so the thing is just understand yourself and men go through pain too. They do. They just don't have an outlet sometimes. And I'm not trying to make excuses for them. But I know my husband is very caring and tender. Those that know him know this. But there's some emotions that you're like, why can't you cry? Like, sometimes like, why are you not crying? It's not sad enough for you. But he can't cry, but he's hurting. Yes. But we can cry because tears, like I always say, once I cry about something, it's like a release. So imagine not being able to cry. Do you know how hard it must be? Yeah. And it, I don't and, want that life. Yeah. And it's okay to tell him I'm mad at you for X, Y reason, even if it's not at all. But at least it's it will better get than you, keeping it quiet, yeah. Yeah, it will get you guys started on the conversation and that will lead to see from its own perspective. Yes. And because they're not expressive of showing their emotion, it doesn't mean they don't love us. They just That's have true. a certain way of doing it. And for every woman out there trying to give, you tried something, you've done XY surgery, you've done this and that. God is preparing you for somebody in the future. Hmm. That's, that's how I see it. That's true. Even though there's only one Jesus, we could be the Jesus of somebody tomorrow. That's and true. We can be, it could be a story that sets somebody free. Yeah. And to see what God has done in us and through us. And we never know. We can be saving lives tomorrow because there are people who go through these things and the next thing on their mind is suicide. Yeah. But just hearing our story and they'll be like, oh, mine is not even as bad as ours. Yeah. Exactly. And we don't even, we're we're still in that waiting stage where we still believe that we're going to hold our babies one day in the nearest future. Um, The risk of having this conversation is to be pitied or you'll be sending messages and be like, oh, Yep. I feel so bad for you. No, this is not the reason. And if you're inclined to just reach out out of pity, please do not. Yeah. It's going to defeat the purpose of doing this. We're still in that waiting period. So you can understand how difficult it was to like talk about this and be open and be vulnerable. Because mm-hmm. we do know that when we open our mouths and talk about our stories, it could be life-giving to people. Yeah. And it's still a good life. Because I was talking to her on the side. And before we started tipping, like everything we've gone through, like, I wouldn't want to take it back. I don't have any regrets about the life I have. Is it difficult sometimes? You bet. Oh, yeah. You bet. You bet. You. Like, it, it's difficult sometimes, but I'm, I feel grateful that God thought I could, this was something that I could withstand, that I, mm-hmm. He wouldn't give me more like I could be. Even if He gave me more than I could be, I know His grace is going to be enough for me. But that God counted me worthy to go through all of these things that I've gone through, and I'm still here, I'm still talking, and I'm still standing, and I'm still able to raise my head high. It's not because of my confidence or my ability to do things. 
it has to be God. Is yep. what I'm trying to say. Yep. And it's gonna do it. So just do relax. Don't yeah. shut down. Enjoy life. Have more sex. That's true. That's true. Have more sex when you want, you know, in whatever ways you want. And don't put pressure on yourself on anybody. I have a friend that just, she's part of my, I have a circle of, I go to a group, support group for people that are trying to get pregnant. And she's, she just had a child and she told me she's in her late thirties. I think she's almost 40. And she took, it took her about 10, I want to say 10 years. I'm not sure. And I don't remember anymore to get pregnant. And she said, and I thought, why do you keep coming to the group? Because you have a child, and she's like, she needs to grieve the lost years. Because it seemed like she spent all her years trying to get, all her formative thirties, or her twenties up until the thirties, trying to get pregnant. And then now that she's finally found the baby, she feels like she's lost herself a lot in the journey. Oh, wow. And if I remember, if I took anything from that conversation, it was that I want to live every day to my fullest. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back and be like, man, I should have done this. Man, I should have done this. Mm-hmm. Because this, uh, this, this holds me back sometimes when I think about, cause I don't have the boldness or the courage to talk about things related to pregnancy or, or child rearing. Like even when I talk to my friends about some of the things I think their kids might are doing that I think are problematic, I have to always put this preamble. Like, I know I don't have kids, but this behavior doesn't seem, you know, right, right now. Like, and sometimes I don't feel like I have that, um, enough Right, like talk right. about yes, yeah. to talk about other people's kids. Yeah, things I think that might be beneficial for them because I feel like it's I don't know if it's the right thing or so. This is some of the things that not being able to get pregnant or not being able to have kids has done. Like, mm-hmm. I've lost some confidence in areas of, in certain areas of my life, and it seeps in other areas of my life. Like some days I feel like I'm on top of the world, other days I feel like the world is like you know on top of me. But it's just the way life is. I can't. I have no control over the day to day things. But what I do have control over is my assimilation and my and what I put out in the world. I want to still live my life to the fullest. I want to live my life to the glory of God. I want to share stories. I've had a lot of feedback from you guys telling me how it's helped you or how it's helped somebody that you know. And that's the reason behind sharing these stories. It's just to glorify God that this is the step that we're in. A lot of testimonies, they gloss over this process. It's just, ah, let's just thank God they were waiting for 20 years. I'm like, even when I finally have kids, I'm not going to say waited. Because waiting means I just sitting down for the baby to fall in your lap. No, <laughs> I wasn't waiting. You know, God did it when he was supposed to do it. And that's why it's a conscious effort for me to live my life to the fullest. On the days that are bad, I, I'm all through those emotions. I cry. I feel sad. But guess what? I don't stay there. Yeah. I don't stay there. That's I keep moving on. I keep moving on. And I keep, you know, asking for more grace and more help. Because I cannot do it by myself. I cannot. So, um, just one more thing. I can sure. Um, which was the struggle while I was going through uh, my lost emotions. Our culture does not encourage us to grieve the Nigerian culture. <sighs> Good luck with that. And <laughs> I fought with my mom, like literally one time I yelled at her and I told her, don't talk to me. Uh-huh. Because it's my body, it's my loss. You're my mother, but you got to respect my grieving process. Yep, very very true. So if you come from a culture or a family where uncle, auntie, you know, and they were like, oh, God knows the reason why. God created the tears, God created the emotions, so he expects us to grieve. 
Christ. Even Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. Ah, yes. Even though he knew that Lazarus was in a better place, even though he knew he could still see Lazarus in heaven wherever, he, he still wept. wept. So he didn't even cry. You know what wept means? Ah, uh, wept. <laughs> that is wept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had to shut my mom down. Like, just leave me. Just find that person that will be just comfortable with you. Just all you just do is cry or lament or whatever but don't bottle those emotions into yeah don't it can lead to problems like depression and or schizophrenia anxiety yes just mental health issues and very true and yeah, take your time create the boundaries tell your parents your loved ones it could be your spouse like i need time don't rush me say mm-hmm. what you need and if you don't know what you need still say you need space it's okay yeah, being, you don't want to let go. That's too different. Yeah. So, <laughs> cultural influences and stuff like that. Just do you. Exactly. Just do you. It doesn't matter what culture you come from. If you can't stand seeing the pictures, if you don't want them to take the picture, you don't want anybody to talk about it. That's fine. Just decide, exactly decide what you want, and and it's okay. I totally agree with that stance. There is the, the, whatever you need. Be selfish. Whatever yeah. you need, like, whatever <laughs> you need go get it. Say it. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Don't play baby shark. Baby shark. Whatever you need, just say it. It's okay. Don't don't make yourself uncomfortable at the expense of making other people be okay. Yep. No. Say what yep. you need. Yeah, it's okay. And this is the hardest thing I've had to do in my life because I'm I'm not the type of person that will come out and talk. Yeah, but. I know, and I want to thank you. I think I said that already, but thank you. Like, wow, I was even just thinking we we're just going to talk about the period talk, and then because you led the way into this talk, and I was like, I'm just going to take the lead. Okay. Yeah, so, well, thank you. I'm. I mean, thank yeah. you. So I believe this will help somebody somewhere. The, it's gonna help. It's helping a lot because you know what, what? that recording that Tammy sent me. Yeah. Oh, I just feel like kissing all your friends. Like, really, oh. my villagers. Oh, yes. <laughs> because it was right at the heat when I was going through <sighs> Thank the you. process, Thank and Tammy just sent that recording to me. Uh, I was just like, I didn't listen to it immediately. I was like, oh lord. You know, like when you get something, you just roll your eyeballs. Yeah. Those WhatsApp messages, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when I heard all your friends, like, oh, we love you. I know what you're going through. It's okay. This, this. I'm like, oh my God. And there were so many people. Yeah. There's a very long blog voice message you put together. Yeah. It just made me feel like, Oh no, we're not alone. We're not alone. And now your story, now you're part of the villages because your story right now <laughs> that you just shared with me, it's, it's gonna help somebody. This is why we do what we do. This yeah. is why we do, to, you know, to be a community and to set stories. For so anyways, thank you so much. I really, 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 um, I'm honored, seriously, deeply honored to have been able to hear your story today. And now I know how best to support you and I'm here for you. Really? Oh, and, let me um, do all. 
<laughs> no, seriously. If you need to rant, if you need a space for a woman to like talk to, I'm here for you. And I'm very, I'll, I'll keep you in my prayers as well. Now that I know what your desires are. And I do wish, cause I have this gift of praying pregnancy into people's lives. Ah, <laughs> please pray for me. It just doesn't work on me. So, all right, guys. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, we've had two back-to-back episodes, and part one was about period talks and you know, sexual sex education, and then part two was just your know, journey with fertility and all of that. And um, if you haven't listened to the part one, just you know, go on, go back and you know, click on the first um, episode that was released today on this topic. And um, yeah. I hope this was very encouraging or whatever, however you felt at the end of the day, we hope that you have you've left with some hope. And so if you enjoyed this content or you're inspired by it in any ways or however it helped you, I love to hear this kind of stories because one of the reasons I brought, you know, um, to the show is because she listened to one of my episodes and we got talking after many years. And so if you, if you, if it helped you, let me know because I need these testimonies. I don't need them, but it's good to have these testimonies just to share with other people as well. Sunday, dark has turned to grey The stars have made their way I raise my glass and part my lips Tend to many deep The only time I see you is in my sleep Sunday, I'm getting by my way I think I'll be okay for a while I know you will never mind to keep But I know that I'll see you in my sleep Has been unkind and kept me far from you. But I know you will be holding me in my sleep.
Sí.